the people in Jesus' hometown who they were not able to experience the grace and the miracle that God had for them. Amen. That is just <laughs> that one I just showing it out there. I mean, but um, I just want to say to our team, my team, I believe that God gave us a word that God gave, and that word goes to me personally too. I believe it goes to us as a church, and uh, my the team is are we positioned for favor? That's the team. Are we positioned for favor? And it comes from, of course, we're taking it from our text, Psalm one or two thirteen, and God says what. The, the, the word of God says that you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. I want us to go to Genesis 18, 19 too. Because, I mean, that's the, those two verses are the key verses that I have. We'll, we'll go through many scriptures, but I just want to... So God, it's God who was talking in the scripture, and he said, he was talking about Abraham. He said, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of. I like the NIV version, and uh, 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 if you can give me the NIV version, I'll be um, really, really happy. The NIV version. NIV, yes. All right, yeah. <laughs> That's why I said it also. He said, I have chosen him. He must, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Now, we all know the story of Abraham. God called Abraham. He promised Abraham. He told Abraham, I will bless you. I will make you into a great nation and all that. But God was speaking here about Abraham. The reason why he chose Abraham. Because he was looking for, God had a plan to bring Jesus into this world. But he was looking for a tribe that, would, that Jesus would come. Or he was looking for a lineage for Jesus. And he said, I have chosen Abraham. But why did he choose Abraham? He said, Abraham will what? command his household to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and what is just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Now we know the word of God is filled with promises. God has given us a word, a promise this year. He says that this year, he said he, God, will arise and have mercy on Harvest DFW. That what, what, he said the time of our favor as a church is now. We know every time God mentions Zion, we go in the text, says Zion, he's talking about the church. So he's saying, this is our time. This is our favor. But you know, every time God gave a promise, he looks for a people. He looks for a man. He looks for a church to bring that his promise to pass. And in this instance, he found Abraham worthy enough for that he knew that Abraham was going to keep his way to be able to bring that promise to pass. Now God has said that this is our year of favor. And my question to us is, are we, because I'm part of Harvest DFW, are we positioned for the favor that God has released this year to us? Are we in position? Are we, will we be like Abraham to be to, to for God that God can trust us? He has chosen us that we can keep the way of the Lord so that what God has promised this year for unusual kindness, unusual access, that we can walk in it? That's the question. And so I'll be answering that question. How can we position ourselves as a church for favor? In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so the first thing I have on the list is that 
we have to set our mind. It comes back to the mindset. We have to set our minds to pay attention to our Father's instruction. Can you give me Proverbs 1, chapter 8, so we can read it? And I'll just go ahead while the media is finding it. He says, listen, my son, to your Father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Proverbs 1, 8. Proverbs 4, 13. Proverbs 1, 8. So he said, God says, listen, my son, to your Father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Go to Proverbs 4.13. It says, hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Proverbs 4.13. You see it there on the screen. I'm going to let them put the scriptures so I can read it together so you can know where I'm going. It says, hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. What is instruction? God's instruction is his word. To us, the Bible is the word of God. It is God's instruction to us. It will be word, it will be instruction, it will be commands. It can be interchanged so many ways, but it is God's word to us. And he's saying, hold on to it. Do not let it go. Guard it, for it is your life. Let us go to Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 13. If you can help me, media. Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 13. I'm going somewhere. Be patient. Deuteronomy 12, 10, 12 to 13 says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? All right, it's on the board. Okay, it's there. Okay. And I will interchange Israel will harvest the earth over you. And now, harvest the earth over you. What does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to love Him. To serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So you see there? Pay attention to, the, to our Father's instruction. When you say pay attention, what do you mean? If you tell your child, pay attention, you tell your child, say, listen to me, focus. There's something very important I need you to hear, I need you to get it. Not just to hear it, but to hear it and to get it and to heed my word. When God says pay attention, he means what? We need to heed his word. In order to pay attention, the first thing we have to do is to accept the word of God. That this word of God, instruction, is life to us. If we realize the value of the word of God, we'll pay attention. We'll heed it because every instruction God has given us is for our good. Let us go to Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. It says, my son, harvest the earth over you. If you accept my words and store up my commands, I will just stop there because the thing we want to focus on is paying attention to the word of God. If you accept my words and you store up my commands within you, accepting God's word. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, this, the word of God says, every word of God is flawless, pure. You can put it on the board, Proverbs 35. Every word of God is flawless. That means error-free. You can depend on the word of God. The word of God has no mistakes in it. It's, it's, it's accurate. Every word of God. Every word of God is flawless. Yes, or she to those who take refuge. But we're focusing on the word because we want to pay attention to God's word. How do we position ourselves for favor? This year, we have to pay attention to what God is saying. We have to pay attention. We have to hear his word and we have to do it. Amen. And then store it in our hearts. I mean, David said in Psalms 119, he said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I'm going to sin against you. So why do we, 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 we get to know the word and we, we, we accept it that this word is life to us? The next thing we do is store it in us. Why are we storing the word of God in us? So that we can be able, every time we come 
against the situation, the word of God will come to us and say, no, Matthew, you cannot go that way. That is against the word of God for our lives. So the word of God is very important. So paying attention to God's word means we have to take God and his word seriously. We can't just hear God's word, it enters through our left ear and goes through our right ear. Go to Hebrews chapter 12, 1. While you're there, I will, begin, I, will, I will continue. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangle us and let us run with perseverance the race marked us before us. Pay attention to the word of God. God has said so many things to us in his word. So many things with us. Let me ask, do we as harvest want to hear about tithing again? No! He has already told us about tithing. The only thing we need to do now is to do it. It's to obey him. And when he said pay attention, we have to obey him. Now we want to, we want to, take, we want to take charge, we want to receive position means what? To put yourself in a, in a situation, in a location where in everything that is coming to you, you will get it. It will not pass you by. You strategically put yourself in a, in a position so that what, you can have access to what God has said he will give you. God has said this is our set time of favor. How are we going to position ourselves? We have to pay attention to what God is telling us. God does not need to tell us about tithing again. No. I think when I hear that topic enough in harvest you for all the years I've been here, God does not need to tell us, you know, about what? Uh, uh, being faithful to our spouses. We know that we have to be faithful. We're not supposed to cheat on him. God does not need to tell us again to not sleep with a man we're not married to. Those are things that we know. But how do we know we are paying attention? If we do it, then God knows we are paying attention. Hearing it is one thing. The word of God says that we should not be deceived. We should not be hearers of the word only. We should be hearers and what we should be what? To us. So for harvest, God is saying this is our time and this is our season. We cannot take it lightly. If we want for our church to move to that next level, the word of God is saying in Hebrew 12 1, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, we know about Abraham, we know about Daniel, we know about all these great men and women of God. So we should lay aside every sin. Those little, little things, then now that go on and talk, he talk, he talk, we know, let it go. And even if you don't have the strength to let it go, there's hope why he has provided help. The Holy Spirit is there. If you say, Lord God, I heard your word. I don't want to sleep with a man I'm not married to. What are you going to say? You're going to pray to him, Father, help me. Help me that he says, Lord, I heard your word on tithing. I don't want to, you know, be walking in disobedience again when it comes to tithing. What are you going to do? You ask for help. That's why the Holy Spirit is there. To empower us, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, to empower us so that we can be able to live the life that God has called us to live. To live that victorious life, it requires us living and walking in obedience to God's word. To pay heed to our instruction. Let me tell you, God knows what is right for us. You know, the Bible says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and what? Shun evil. Don't think that, you, because you know something God tell me, say, tell me, say, oh, tithe, you say, oh, God. I mean, I, I can't remember one time or the God is here. I mean, I, 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 mean, I have a tithe fearful that I hear. You know, and then I think we're reaching the December or something that I, you know, December can get crazy. And then, but there should be no excuse. Yeah, you know, I mean, do we still say that? But whether God wants us to not get comfortable with the excuses anymore, He wants to take us to a new level. And to take us to that new level, we have to get rid of excuses. We have to get rid of negotiating with the Word of God. We have when God says it, paying attention to God's words, when God says it, it settles the matter. 
Except the matter. I'll give us an example of, 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 of I mean, Abraham. Let me see. Abraham, 20, Genesis 22, 1 to 3. Let's go to Genesis 22, 1 to 3. Paying attention to the word of God means, God, whatever you say is what I will do. I'm not going to do my own way. Look, we have tried our own way before for me, and I try my own way. I try all kinds of ways. Nothing works. If we want God's result, we have to do it God's way. And God's way is why obedience. So let us read about Abraham because you know what? Abraham was the father of our faith. You know, through him, Jesus came. Let us look at why God chose the man, Abraham. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, He said to him, Abraham, Abraham said, Yeah, I am. Let's go to verse 23. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, <laughs> whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain, I will show you. Verse 3, the Bible said, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him his two servants and his son Isaac. Do we see any argument over there? If we want to experience the favor that God has for us, there can be no argument when God gave us an instruction in his word. We have to take God by his word and, and, and take his word and do it. Oh, we want to take God's word for healing. Oh, Father, you say that, you know, that, that, by, that by your stripes I'll be healed. But we don't want to take the word when he gave us the instruction and say, Matthew, you know, do, I mean, uh, uh, do what is right. Love your, love your fellow man. We don't want to do that one. But we want to take it for healing. We want to take it for prosperity. Then I'm telling you, man, the, the first time pastor gave the team about, about favor. Man, all kind of things were running through my mind. The Holy Spirit had to tell me, say, calm down, Matthew, calm down. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> calm down. And, I would tell you, and you guys will calm down too. We'll talk about the favor. Because you say that word favor. When you, when you hear the word favor, your mind begins to go places where you, you where if your pastor said, could see in your mind, you will say, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> so we, we look and say, Abraham called up the next morning, no argument. I want to give another example of Abraham. Go to Genesis, uh, I want to chapter 15. Go to Genesis uh, um, 15. Let me see, 15, 8. I hope I didn't get it wrong. Go to Genesis chapter 15. Let me see, 15, 8. eight. I'm, I'm looking for the one where um, God told Abraham, um, well, Sarah told Abraham to get rid of, her, rid of, rid of his son, his son, his son Ishmael. Anybody can help me with that scripture? I think I wrote it down wrong here. It's Genesis what? Where God told Abraham about, and not God rather, but Sarah told him, say he should let his, his son go, Ishmael. I think I got the scripture down wrong. Anybody? Help me up, people. Help me up with all students of the world. Uh, go to the next verse. Let's see. Okay, 21 and 10 to 14, right? I got it right. Genesis 21, 10 to 14. Let's read other story about Abraham. Because we want to put ourselves in a position for God's favor. We don't want God's favor to come this year. And then at the end of the year, we can't see the favor. We can't see nothing. We stay to the same position, though. It's not happening. Okay, there it is. Sarah. Sarah was the one who told Abraham to sleep with Hagar to give her the child. They see Sarah who told that one, and they see Sarah cheated Abraham now. And she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. Let's go to the next verse. 
The Bible said the matter distressed Abraham greatly because what? It concerned his son. And I'm sure if some of us had children from other people before we got married, and that person tell you, say, get rid of your, your child, you will you, you, you say, what are you talking about? You don't even want to the matter distressed Abraham greatly. But let's go to the next verse. Then we have, said, for God said to Abraham, do not be distressed about the boy in your slave woman. He said, listen to whatever Sarah tells you. He said, because it is true, I say that your offspring will be reckoned. Go to the next verse. I will make the son of the slave into a nation because he is your offering. Continue. It's early the next morning. It sounded like when he told Abraham to go and sacrifice Isaac early the next morning. What God spoke is settled the matter in Abraham. So even we can have issues with somebody, once the word of God entered that situation, it should settle the matter. That's how we pay attention to the word of God. Because if God is going to bring this favor, he's going to bring this favor upon us. He wants trustworthy people like Abraham, who he knows will keep the way of the Lord. We have to keep the way of the Lord. And to keep the way of God, we have to obey what he says. We can only be looking for the blessing from him. We have to look for the one that will cause us some pain. The matter greatly distressed Abraham. Abraham was not happy about the whole thing, but once God has spoken, it settles it. And that's what I want for us to reach as a church. God says it, it's settled. God says it, we do it. God says it, harvest the end of you, we do it. Whatever God says, what we do it. What God says is what I will do. When you set your mind like that, you position yourself for favor. When you set your mind and say, God, Lord, whatever you say, oh God, is what I will do. You have positioned yourself for favor. I, 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 let, let, let's, let's go to Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Let me show you something. We're talking about favor. This is one of the persons that, that received the favor of God. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. The word of God says, but Daniel resolved. It's the same thing as making a decision. It's the same thing as setting our minds. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself. Daniel came from, he's a Jewish boy. He knew what God had told him. He knew the instruction of God concerning food. And so when he entered this, I mean, a Babylon, a slave, he could have been saying, oh, God, you know, I'm not in my home country anymore. Uh, all of us, God, we're not in Liberia anymore. What are you talking about, you know? Giving all this time. What kind, how will we pay our bills, God? God don't know we have to pay bills. Yeah, yeah. He said, but Daniel resolved not to defy himself with the royal food. And he, when he made that, he made a decision that it does not matter whether I'm in foreign country, what I was doing with God, I will continue to do it with God. The way I was serving God, I will continue to serve God. The way I was faithful to God, when I needed God to bless me, I will continue to be faithful to God. That's what Daniel was saying. The next verse, please. Oh, I'm enjoying your media. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And the next verse, verse 9. It said, now... God had caused the official to show favor and compassion with Daniel. You see how the favor came into play? Daniel made up his mind that he was not going to what? Defy himself. He was going to obey God. What an informing country. We're not going to frighten him. You're going to go boldly to the person and say, look, I cannot eat this food. Please, can you find me selling food? And it's never God. When we do our part, we make up our minds. The rest is to God. God will release the favor. And God is saying this year harvest is our year of favor. It's not just for favor for ourselves, but favor to advance the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. It's favor because what would that favor God release or what? Well, so Daniel can be able to live the life in foreign country that you are going to live. But I just want us to go back to our, our text, Psalm 102, 
I mean, 13, but I want you to go to verse 14. 102, 14. 102, 14. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm 15, right? I'm 15. 102, 15. Say, so the hidden shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth that glory. You see it? The reason, there's a reason for this favor. It's not coming just for us to just have our house, have our husbands, have everything that we need personally. The favor has a higher goal. It's for the advancement of the kingdom of God. It says so that the heathen will fear the name of the Lord. And I was happy in Daniel, Shadrach, Misha, and Benigno because when they stood for God and they stood in obedience and not to disobey, we all know the story of Shadrach, Misha, and Benigno. They, 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 the king told them they should bow to another God. But they knew from their, 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 their belief that there is no God but the Lord. Jesus, and so they could not bow to that God in the same queen. We're not arguing with you when it comes to our God. We are not going to argue, we are not going to bow. If it calls for us to go in the fire, what we are not going to bow. We know that our God can save, but even if He doesn't save us, what will happen? We are not going to bow. They took a stain, they took a stain, they pay attention to the word of God. And you think God is not watching? God was watching, He watching to see what kind of a church harvest theater will you be. What, uh, what we say we believe is what we're actually going to do. Are we going to stand for God? Or are we going to, this, the, the slightest excuse we're going to give it to God. The slightest excuse we're ready to give it to God. Oh God, you know I have to go to work. Especially me who gets to 16 hours a day. God, you know I have to work 16 hours a day. God, I'm tired. Oh, I'm tired. I'm tired. I remember what I was saying. I was saying, I think God, I'm tired. You know what question the Holy Spirit asked me? If you are about to get out to go to work, will you be tired? I jumped out of bed and somebody put electric shock in me. Yeah, you know what I mean? I said, nobody had to tell me. I said, what's your electric shock? Just that little question. When the electric shock is, boom, I was out of the bed. And the, the, the tired, I was, I didn't know the tiredness. I didn't know the tiredness. I mean, when the tiredness just appeared. You know, and so that's what I'm saying. We have to stand. Harvest the after for you. This message is for us. We have to stand. God has given us his favor. We have to position ourselves for favor. We want, I want to go to Esther. Esther chapter 2, verse 9. Esther chapter 2, verse 9. It, <laughs> The Bible says, she pleased him and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with her beauty treatments, special food, assigned to her seven female attendants, selected from the king's palace, and moved her and her attendants into the best place of harem. You know why I'm talking this thing? I'm looking at people whose lives had the favor of God upon it. We know Esther, one of the persons that had the favor of God. You don't see God mentioned in that book, but you see him there. You know that he's there. It's only God who can do the things that I can do. But what was Esther attitude? Esther was humble. She was humble. She knew that she was not wiser than, than, the, than the person that God put over her, Mordecai. So when Mordecai tells her, Esther, go into the harem, the, the king looking for a wife, she went into the harem. When she got there, he, he got the, the man who was in charge of the harem. Why do you think he loved her? Because she was humble. And they, 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 they said she, she pleased him. One of the favor, he said, oh no, there's a different person here. This person is of a different category. We have to put her in a special place and all that. Even, I, mean, I mean, Esther... Um, Esther 2, 9, uh, I think it's Esther 2, 15, go to 15, let's see. When, um, I mean, when, 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 the, when she, when it was her turn to meet the man, let me see. 
Yes, 15. They say when the turn came for Esther, the young woman Mordecai had adopted the daughter of his uncle, Abishaji, to go to the king. She asked for nothing. Listen carefully. She asked for nothing other than what he got, the king inner who was in charge of the harem had suggested. Some of the women then they were carrying all the gold and everything that they had access to. They the king choose me. Let me go, let me go with the thing. But they say she carried nothing except what they asked for. I watched one movie, Esther, they had a day rose, the day flower. I don't know what they true, but that the movie, the movie said, one day the king had no water, she just had a day flower, dressed nicely, and she had a day flower. But the Bible says that all who saw Esther or team favor from everyone who saw her, who are releasing that favor? That God, and I'm telling you, the favor is not just for ourselves because we know that God was putting Esther in position so that when the time came to save his people, she would be in the position that he can use her to, to fulfill his promise of rescuing his people, Israel. If the favor is greater than us, God's favor that he's releasing this year is yes, we will enjoy, we'll get our own. But it is bigger, what I'm trying to tell us today, that it is bigger than our own goal, our own ideas of favor. It is for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And now we know that pastors said when God gave him this revision, one of the things that he said was that God told him that we are going to be a peace setter. If we don't position ourselves, how will we be the people of the church that God will use to bring to do unusual things in our nation? To do unusual things in our community? To do unusual things wherever we are? We have to position ourselves in that one is what to do. Let us go. The last scripture on this one is Isaiah 66, 7. Paying attention to the voice of God. Harvest yet devil, you will have to come to that place where we'll tell God that what you say is what we will do. There will be no negotiation, no negotiations, rather, no arguments, no justification, no excuses, just obedience. Simple, clean obedience, just doing what he says we should do. There are so many things we know. We know lay aside those things. You know what God tells you to forgive? What are you supposed to do? Forgive. Say, Lord, I agree. I, help me. I agree. What? Help me. He will provide the help. The Holy Spirit is there to work that forgiveness in your heart or, you know, so that you, can, you are able to, to, to do what God says. Anything God tells you to do and you think you don't know how to do it, say, yes, God, I agree. Help me. He will listen to you. He knows that you need the help. God, I agree. Help me. I'm weak. Help me. You said in your word that one my your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Lord, I agree. And I'll pray. My prayer is that we get to this level with God. I mean, uh, it's no, it's Isaiah 66, 7. That's not it. That it? Isaiah 66, 7. Ready? Oh my goodness. That's not that's not the one I want. The one I want, they say God says I will look upon with favor. Those who hear my word and tremble at my word. Somebody can Google it so we can read it on the on the board. I wish I had my phone with me. I wrote the wrong thing now. I want to ask this is one. He says, I will look upon to, I mean you will favor you who hear my word, what? And 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 um and um yeah, I can't believe I wrote the scripture down wrong. God says, I will look upon you with favor. You will hear my word and tremble at my word. Okay, there is. Now, which chapter that? Huh? As the first two? As I said, says two? Okay. So, look, 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 look what God says. Look how beautiful it is. He says, What? These, that could the two be. He said, These are the ones I look on with favor. 
those who are humble and contract in spirit, who are tremble at my word. You're waiting for that word when God speaks that word. You tremble and you want to do it. You're not negotiating with him. You want to hear the word. He said, these are the people that will look upon with favor. Who humble enough to know that the instruction of God giving is for their own good. It is not for God. God he, got none, he, he already got everything. What does he need? But he's looking for you who willing to humble yourself and say, God, you are the only wise God. Whatever you tell me to do is what I want to do. Those are the people that God is looking for. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll just go to the next point because I know Ooh, I'm running out of time. <laughs> but the next thing, how can we position ourselves for favor? So we already dealt in death with what? Can hear the voice of the Lord? We have to pay attention to what he's saying. He can't be saying one thing, we're doing another thing. We're not heeding his voice. The second thing is that what? We have to become passionate and joyful servants or stewards of the kingdom. Passionate and joyful servants and stewards of what? The kingdom of God. God told his, Jesus to his disciples, he said, do not fear little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We have to be joy, joyful stewards. We have to be passionate about the kingdom. The reason why I love the word passion, I was telling pastor, pastor, you didn't pay me no mind. I was so excited. And, yeah, pastor, sorry, you don't pay me no mind. I guess I always excited. So one day I will not be excited so you can pay me mind. No passion. Like I was asking God, God, Gave me a team, maybe for you to understand it. You let me let me tell you how God dealt with me first. Because the thing was that I was praying the same way, you know, they, they, talking about the kingdom and talking about stewardship. We always anything going wrong in our church. Oh, the thing is going wrong in the church. Oh, I mean, we're not doing no evangelism, but we're talking from our passive, but we're not talking about us being a part of. So, so, Pastor, the whole month I told one pastor, talking, he preached on leadership. And I, I, I went to go in prayer now, the same way that how we can do. Father God, we've been attending one leadership meeting after one leadership meeting. Lord, the other leadership meeting, yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be for that, you. Uh, I said, I pray, you. Well, I pray. I don't want, I want to do it like God got tired. You mean repeating that thing? He said, let me, uh, okay, oh, come with a question for me. He said, okay, Matu. The, the whole month of leadership training you attended, eh? You attended, yes, 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 yes. yes. What are you, have you learned, number one? And what are you doing with what you are learning? I said, oh, Okay. But I didn't get fair, so I went I decided to answer the question. I answered the question, everything I learned. Then I then that one that you know what you know what that did for me? That gave me a goal. It gave me a goal. One of the things Pastor talk about said, what we should have a vision for our ministry. When one God said, I have our prayer now, God gave me a vision when God, when, when, when this is, is my, the vision now for the prayer ministry. I haven't already shared with the team yet, but it's the God's kingdom, our passion. And the reason why I love passion, because passion is this, it's anything that you are willing to die for. Anything you're willing to make a sacrifice for. Anything you're willing to, you're willing to sacrifice, it doesn't matter what it costs you. And mothers understand anything good because mothers in their children, you can't play with mothers in their children. They're willing to die for their children. Huh? You just try it and touch a child or somebody, even in this church, in the local church, we're holy, we can say we're holy. Just try it. It will not bring confusion. It will bring confusion because that mother is willing to die for that child. What? Yes, because we call ourselves holy to the church. The whole church, they touch somebody's child and say, the person child, they take into two. You'll see what will happen. Anything you're willing to die for, we know about the passion of Christ. Christ, the Bible says God loves us. He sent his son to die. He, he love was strong enough. It was passionate enough. That what? He was willing to die to prove that he loved it. He allowed himself to be nailed to that cross. 
And you know, so what? So that he love, he passion. Can we see now what they call that moving the passion of Christ? We need to have passion when it comes to the kingdom of God. God has entrusted this kingdom. He has entrusted this church unto us. How are we going to handle it? Are we, you know, another example God brought to my mind. In 2019, oh my gosh, I was so broken. I don't know. I can't even describe how I was feeling, but I was so terrible. And I came to pastor for pastor to pray with me. I like this thing here now. I can't handle it on my own. Let me go to pastor and agree with him. Because if I said, what two are you should agree upon? You know why I should be here? So let me go to pastor and agree with him. I can remember I came to pastor in the church. I asked pastor for help for me. <laughs> I came and I have led to cry. I, a grown woman crying. I mean, the snap was running off of my nose. You know, it's just a pastor and a pastor. But really, <laughs> if I had a video, I have myself laugh at myself. I said, grown woman. Woman crying and say, okay, how many of us, the ministries that God has given us, have gone to go in prayer like that? When it's for our own interest, we know how to terrorize God. Father, you said in your word, oh, Father, we will terrorize God. We'll pray our agreement. We'll go meet the pastor, make prayer agreement, everything, because we want to break that situation. And yes, that situation was broken over my life. But I just, he's just asking me now and say, okay, how? How many of us, the ministry that God has entrusted us, have gone to him with that similar passion to pray God? You know, do this. Look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah heard the walls of Jerusalem came down. The Bible says that man, he, he fasted, he prayed. His face, his countenance changed that the king had to ask him, what is wrong with you? And God sent him. How many of us will say, God, the walls of evangelism in our church has broken down. Can you embrace me to be on Nehemiah? So that evangelism can be the heartbeat of the church again. So that this place can be a place where we can live our mandate. A world where no one lives at our Christ. How many of us are going to go in prayer concerning that? Master, I have not done it even though I asked you the question. <laughs> I haven't done it. But I'm just saying that what God was saying to me. Yes. How are you saying to me? We go to him. We have passion when it comes to our own. If, if your child is sick right now, you know what kind of passion you go to a God for healing? That God should heal your child? You, I, I, I mean, nothing else will matter. Where is that passion for the kingdom? He already demonstrated his passion. He didn't hands to the cross. I, lo- I love the cross. Jesus is Lord. He didn't lay hands to the cross. Near his feet. So that we can be into his kingdom today. That we can be able to be free. That we can live the life that he's called us to live. And I'm here to encourage you as a servant of God to say, this is our time. This is our season. We cannot miss it. We will not miss it. We will not miss it. Why? Because we will do what God says when it needs to be done. We will do it collectively. Because the third point I have was love. The Bible says love binds all things together in unity. We have to take that position of love. We cannot be easily offended with one another. The enemy, the enemy thrives on that. I can say something. Sometimes I don't mean something. What I'm, you know, sometimes you say something, it, it got a different meaning. But another meaning you, you intended it to be when you are saying it. You know, but the meaning is misunderstood. What do you do? Will you allow it to destroy us? Or will we will love one another? The Bible says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not boast. It is not pride. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It put others before themselves. And the reason why I'm saying it is because we all are going to, we're going to position ourselves to, to take advantage of this fear of God. It means that you're not, you're not just going to be concerned about your ministry. We, we are our body. Now, let me tell you, you think this is my body? Would you be concerned? If only the eye and ear knows they're here not working, you think the body will not be concerned? 
If this my hand can move, my body will be concerned because why? It is needed. And so, if every ministry is functioning, if there's a ministry that's not functioning, it should be it should be our responsibility too to say, okay, if the, if the prayer ministry is not functioning, say, God, the prayer ministry is we. Let me lift up the prayer ministry in prayer. God strengthen the prayer ministry. God raise up the prayer ministry. Let them stand because the, the prayer life of a church is very important. You begin to intercede because I want that your body. But sometimes I think we forget. We just think, oh, oh just different family. We just come here only to just praise God for that Sunday and go. No. God has put us together for such a time like this. I believe Harvest is one of the church that will be like the sons of Asaka that understood the times and the season and knew what the church ought to do in this season. So we need to prepare ourselves. We need to position ourselves to take hold of that which God has destined for us as a church. And God has a great destiny upon us as a church. He has a great purpose for us as a church. And we need not miss it. And so I'm just here to encourage us that we need to take the kingdom, to take the kingdom seriously, to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray that God, um, you know, that he gave us that passion, that we'll be passionate about our church. We will love what God demanded that God has given us, a world where no one lives or dies of Christ, because that's the kingdom heartbeat, that why Jesus came to die for us, and we also ought to lead our lives for others. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Pastor.